Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's another game day edition. Hornets back home at Spectrum Center. They'll be hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. We'll preview the matchup. Also going to talk about the other things going on in the building. Today, it is going to be 2311 Racing Crossover Night. Some appearances from some elite NASCAR drivers as well as some former NASCAR season champions. Talk to you all about what's going on at Spectrum Center on that end. And also want to talk about the accomplishments of point guard LaMelo Ball. Didn't have his best game on Wednesday in Boston, but still registered a triple-double. It's the fourth of his career. What kind of company does that put him in? We'll talk about that with my producer here on the Hornets radio network and always the producer of the Hornets Hivecast, Rob Longo, back with us once again. Rob, let's start off on 2311 Racing Crossover Night. It's really one of the first of its kind. We've seen teams partner with other teams in their markets, but NASCAR is more of a national sport, if you will. Teams don't have a a home base. It's not like you have the, the Charlotte 2311s or anything like that, even though the team is based here in the greater Charlotte area. But nevertheless, this is a, a new type of venture. Both 2311 and obviously the Hornets are owned by Michael Jordan, so there is the common link there. But this should be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. Again, to meet some of these NASCAR drivers like Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. Denny Hamlin will also be there. He is a co-owner of 2311, even though he's also an active driver on the circuit. This should be a lot of fun. I know you're a big NASCAR fan. What are you looking forward to most about this? It's just a really cool event overall, I think. I mean, like you mentioned, it's something new. You don't see an entity like NASCAR kind of partner with an individual team like this is, and it's just a really cool event because, I mean, obviously there's not many people that own 
a NBA franchise and then they own a racing team as well. So the last couple of years in NASCAR, it's been really interesting to seeing the expansion of the diversity really of the ownership. I mean, you have Michael Jordan entering the fray last season. Pitbull entered the NASCAR Cup Series as well. He has a driver. He owns a team now as well. So it's just really cool stuff. Bubba Wallace coming off of his first career victory in the NASCAR Cup circuit this past season, the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega, which was uh, just really remarkable. All things considered that he was able to pick up that win. You got Kurt Busch coming into the fray now as well with 2311 Racing, a grizzled vet. He won the Cup Series all the way back in 2004, but really good stuff here that I'm looking forward to tonight. Like you mentioned, it's one of those things that it's weird because it's a nationwide entity, but when you think about it, I mean, Charlotte is really just a cradle of American racing for the most part. I mean, every team pretty much is centered around either the Mooresville, the Concord, or even the Charlotte area. I mean, Hendrick Motorsports is a big one as well. Joe Gibbs Racing, all those guys are around here as well, but 2311 trying to make its own name here in NASCAR, and what better way to cross over with the Charlotte Hornets in what is going to be a really exciting season for NASCAR coming up too. A little bit under a month away from the Daytona 500, which is always a big event, obviously. The kickoff, the NASCAR season, Daytona is always, you know, the trademark. Everybody always wants to win the 500 to start the season, but then we got the Clash at the Coliseum coming up here in a few weeks in Los Angeles, which is, you know, your old stopping grounds, and it's something that's going to be really crazy to see. I'm really looking forward to that just because of the way that it's just so different from any other race that these drivers are going to compete in this season, but I don't want to go on and on for NASCAR for too much because I could talk about it all day, but, you know, just a really exciting event coming up here tonight at Spectrum Center. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to that event at the L.A. Coliseum. I mean, think of this, a building, the L.A. Coliseum that hosted the Olympics almost 100 years ago, then did it again in 1984 with one of the most accomplished athletes ever, Carl Lewis, winning the sprints in that arena, in that Coliseum, and then it's going to host the Olympics again a couple of years from now, uh, is going to have its first NASCAR race. So that's going to be just a really cool sight to see something so historic and just so important in the sports landscape in this country. Add another thing to it and have NASCAR become part of the history there in that building. For fans here of NASCAR, there's a lot of stuff to see. Of course, there's going to be appearances with 2311 drivers Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. We're going to have a lot of different items around Spectrum Center, including a racing show car, which will be on display. There's going to be a chance to win 2311 racing prizes, giveaways throughout the evening, including a co-branded rally towel. And Hornets President and Vice Chairman Fred Whitfield's talking about the event said hosting 2311 Racing Crossover Night is a tremendous way to further strengthen our bond and open up future opportunities for collaboration between our organizations and leagues. As you mentioned, Rob, the fandom for both the Hornets as well as NASCAR is deep here. The Hall of Fame is right down the road. So I think this is going to be a special night and I think it's just the first of many to come. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it this I'm kind of surprised in the sense that well last year was kind of tough to have an event like this with no fans really in the building but it's kind of a no-brainer when you think about it I mean Bubba Wallace grew up here in the Concord area he's been at Hornets games in the past Denny Hamlin has courtside seats all the time in the Hornets game so that's kind of a no-brainer as well of course he has such a great relationship with Michael Jordan both personally and business-wise too with 2311 Racings and then you're adding Kurt Busch as well so it's just really cool to see all of these things tie together it's kind of a no-brainer like I mentioned just for the way that the community is. I mean, this is just such a big community, a big basketball town, obviously. Charlotte dating back to the 80s and selling out the Coliseum all the time. And then, of course, you know, getting two races every year with the Speedway up in Concord and the drag racing up there. And it's just really cool to see all of this kind of culminate together and create just this really huge bond that could have so much potential moving forward. 2311 Racing Cross.
crossover night is tonight. Still have time to get your tickets. Go to Hornets.com. I guess it depends on when you're listening to this, whether or not you have time to get your tickets. But hopefully, if you're listening to this early enough and you're inspired now to come out and see a little something extra at Spectrum Center, definitely going to have that inside the building for 2311 Racing Crossover Night. We will talk about the game on the court, Hornets versus Thunder, in just a moment. Coming up next, though, LaMelo Ball registered another triple-double the other day in Boston. Where does that put him in the pantheon of NBA players? We'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Santa. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Williams holding with five seconds left. This can't be the play. Fires cross court to Schroeder. Smart offers up a fall away three. Rebound LaMelo Ball. He's got the triple-double at the buzzer. And no one is more excited than LaMelo. Second place, though, goes to Miles Bridges, who is flexing as LaMelo Ball records the triple-double. And Charlotte snaps a streak of nine consecutive losses here at TD Garden. Their first win since April 11th of 2016. 111-102, to 102, the final score. The Queen City will wear the crown tonight. The second part of that highlight, far more important than the first. The Hornets ending that slump in Boston, getting the 111-102 to 102 victory. But it was pretty cool that LaMelo Ball, who uh, had a grind through that game, a tough shooting day, he was 5 of 15 from the floor, had eight turnovers to go with his 10 assists, but he was sitting on nine rebounds, one board away from a triple-double, and then Schroeder's air ball just fell right into his lap, and LaMelo Ball elated to pick up his fourth career triple-double. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. After the game, LaMelo Ball was kind enough to take some time talking to me about the win as well as recording that triple-double right at the end of regulation. LaMelo, congratulations. to triple-double at the buzzer. Hey, you feel me, man? The only person who was close to as excited as you about it was Miles Bridges. That's my dog, man. That's my brother right there. The, the performance overall, it was a grind, but the versatility of your game to be able to impact Impact without scoring at times. What was working for you out there that kept you motivated even when early on your shot wasn't falling? You know, pretty much just trying to play defense and getting stops and then pretty much assist, you know, getting my teammates involved. I always love doing that. And then, you know, what's better than winning? You know, whenever we up, it's just love the game of basketball. So I always just try to impact it any way I could. There's LaMelo Ball talking about his performance on Wednesday in Boston. It's his fourth career triple-double. Rob, I think for some reason we're in a time where people seem to think it's exceedingly easy to get a triple-double. It's quite the opposite. With four career triple-doubles, LaMelo Ball is now in the top 150 in NBA history for career triple-doubles. He's tied with current stars like Nikola Vucevic, who's been to the All-Star game a couple of times, Drew Holiday, who just won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks, as well as tied with Hall of Famers like Carl Malone, 
Tracy McGrady, Tim Duncan. This is pretty rarefied air that the reigning rookie of the year is already in. And while I wouldn't race to say, oh, he's he's certainly going to break Russell Westbrook's record or, you know, average a triple-double for a season the way Westbrook or Oscar Robertson did, this is an exceptional young player who is just starting to scratch the surface of his game and already is putting up numbers that rival those of some of the all-time greats. To take it a step further, the only other players in NBA history with more triple-doubles before their 21st birthday, Luka Doncic, he has 21, Magic Johnson had 7, and LeBron James has 5. So he has a possibility of catching both maybe LeBron and Magic at this point. I mean, it would be a tall feat to try to catch Luka at this point. He would really have to pop off, but I think that's the thing that we take for granted these days is the fact that there are these guys now, like Luka Doncic and even Josh Giddy, which we'll get to in our preview here in a few moments, who broke LaMelo Ball's record for the youngest player to record a triple-double back at the beginning of January. So it's just one of these things as the game continues to evolve, people are taking these kind of stats for granted, but when you think about it, you really have to be a complete player to get a triple-double. It's one of those things where you look at it and if you're like a Dwight Howard or a Shaquille O'Neal, you're going to get your 10 rebounds. You're going to get your 10 points easily. You're going to get a double-double. What's the third stat they're going to get? Are they going to get blocks? Are they going to get you know turnovers? I mean, because to be honest, on Wednesday, LaMelo was close to a quadruple double. He had eight turnovers, and James Borrego joked about it after the game a little bit, but at any rate, it's just so difficult to have all of those facets of the game to record a triple-double, and LaMelo Ball has all of those abilities just because of the length that he's able to have rebounding-wise. He's obviously a great finisher around the rim, can shoot the three well, and he's probably one of the best passers that we've seen in a very, very long time. So the fact that he's just able to have that skill set together shows how rarefied it is to really get a triple-double when you think about it. Yeah, and the, and the 10 assists, it's difficult to get to that number. Right now, I think there's two players actively averaging 10 assists per game today this season. Chris Paul and I believe James Harden is the other one. LaMelo's around seven, so he has to have a good assist game to get up to to that mark. Rebounding, yes, he's an excellent rebounder for a guard, but he again, he averages seven a game. He has to have a really good night on the glass to get to ten. Points is a given. He's he's going to get that most nights if he gets his normal allotment of shots, but it's just it's a difficult accomplishment. I think the fact that Russell Westbrook has made it so routine, people, they're not giving it the respect that it's due. I mean, what Russell Westbrook has done over the last handful of seasons is remarkable. It's unbelievable. He is one of the greatest players in the history of the game in terms of individual accomplishments for posting the kind of triple-double numbers he has. And the thought that LaMelo Ball conceivably could challenge that at some point. Not saying he will, but that it's conceptually possible shows what kind of talent he is. Now, I told you some of the names he has already matched with four triple-doubles. Here's who's next on the list. First off, getting the five triple-doubles puts him in the top 100 in NBA history. Like, that's how rarefied the air is. You think of all the great players. Some of the guys he would be matching. Bam Adebayo, Vince Carter, Larry Johnson, Hornets legend. Hall of Famers like Chris Mullen, Bill Walton, Isaiah Thomas. These are some exceptional guys who, in their entire careers, only got five triple-doubles. LaMelo Ball might get it done by game 100. When you put it into that perspective, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, that is just insane. The league has been around for 75 years, and if you have five triple-doubles, you're already in the top 100. I understand the game has certainly evolved the last you know 75 years or so, but it's just crazy when you put it into that perspective what he's able to do. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the teammates around him, the players around him too. I mean, you can pass the ball all you want, but you have to have good shooters to put the ball in the hole or else you're not going to get an assist. I know that growing up when we would play pickup or something like that, somebody would pass, make this great pass 
pass, you wouldn't make the shot. They would call you an assist killer. There's not really an assist killer on the Hornets for the most part. I mean, everybody is able to put the ball in the hoop, and that just takes your stats at least to another level when you really think about it. So the stuff that we're witnessing right now from LaMelo Ball is simply remarkable. I mean, the kid's not even 21 yet, and we're already talking about this rarefied air that he is already in. And again, back to your point, I think you know we've become a little bit desensitized to it just because of what Russell Westbrook has been able to do the last couple of years, what Luka Doncic has been able to do. Heck, even Nikola Jokic on Wednesday had a 49-point triple-double, I think. I mean, so it's just the way that the game is evolving, you're going to see more triple-doubles, but that doesn't make it any less impressive, especially when you take a look at the laundry list of players that aren't even in double digits when it comes to triple-doubles in their career. And keep in mind, LaMelo, three triple-doubles this year, he's 20. He's 20 years old. He's only going to get better, not even 100 games into his career. What were you doing when you were 20? Uh, not, not playing this. in the NBA, that's that's for sure. We'll see. Maybe he'll get to career triple-double number five tonight when the Hornets take on the Oklahoma City Thunder right here at Spectrum Center. We're going to preview the matchup for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder for the first time this season tonight. First of two matchups between these two franchises. Only three teams left that the Hornets have yet to play. OKC. New Orleans Pelicans, and the Toronto Raptors, who it's a little surprised we haven't seen an Eastern Conference team, but guess what? Toronto's up on the next road trip, so not too far away for the Hornets and Raptors. But tonight, it's Hornets versus Thunder. Rob Longo with me today here on the HHC. Rob, tell me if this sounds familiar. Hornets have won six of their last seven games. Thunder have lost eight of their last nine. Kind of reminds me of about a week ago. The Hornets had won four in a row. They were hosting the Orlando Magic, who had lost 10 straight, and that just didn't go very well for Charlotte. The difference is, at the time, the Magic were in some games. They had played three straight games that were one or two possession contests. They were actually playing better. They were getting healthier. The Thunder, far from it right now. They've sent some of their recent high draft picks, guys like Alexei Pokashevsky and Theo Maladon, to the G League. They are not playing well. Again, they've lost eight of their last nine and are coming off a pretty bad loss, 20-plus points, to a San Antonio Spurs team that is right now fighting to get into a top-10 position in the Western Conference, which is has been decidedly worse than the Eastern Conference. Uh, Spurs right now with a record of 17 and 28, which is good enough for 12th in the West, but only a game and a half out of 10th place. Thunder a little bit further back, still somehow only four games out of a top 10 position. So I guess anything can happen, but the Thunder certainly trending in the wrong direction right now. Before we get to our picks for players and stats to watch, your thoughts on the game here. Is it another trap game for the Hornets? I was hoping you weren't going to use the T word, and I honestly don't know because like you mentioned, Orlando was playing really well at the time. They just weren't getting the results. And the last couple of games, 
the Thunder were kind of like that. If you go back to starting at January 11th, they played Denver at home. They lost by four. Then they played the Wizards on the road. They lost by four again. Then they beat the Brooklyn Nets 130-109 to on the road. Then they lose to the Cavs by five at home. Then they lose to the Mavs by two on the road. And then Wednesday just got completely blown out by San Antonio for the most part. I don't think that score is really indicative of how poorly they played. So it's just really bizarre that these matchups are happening for the Hornets comparing it to last week's game against Orlando and tonight's game against the Thunder. So, But I don't think the Thunder really have the pieces. They would have to play pretty much a perfect game in order to have a similar result that Orlando did against Charlotte last week. Well, let's get into it. We need players to watch and a stat to watch. You are officially the guest, so you get to go first. Let's go with, I have a really good stat. I hope you don't take it. So I'm going to save the best for last, but I'm going to start with player to watch. I'm going to go with Oklahoma City. I referenced it in the last segment. I'm going to take a look at Josh Giddy in this one because he did not shoot particularly well Wednesday against San Antonio. He was only 4-16 from the floor and 0-5 from beyond the arc, but still finishes with 9 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. I mentioned it, he broke LaMelo Ball's record back on January 2nd for the youngest player to record a triple-double in NBA history. Young guy from Australia. The NBL is starting to become almost a feeder system when you really think about it for the NBA. You got guys like Josh Giddy, LaMelo Ball spent some time there, so I'm excited to see what he's able to do because he's going to have to be pretty much the cornerstone of this franchise moving forward with all of their draft picks, and he's kind of the first piece of the puzzle along with uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Well, that's the one I was going to bring up because Giddy might be a big cornerstone of the future of the team, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander really is their top player. And when you look at their record over the entirety of the season, granted, they are not a good basketball team. They're 14-30 and 30 right now. So this is a team that's uh, struggling, is putting it lightly. But if you look at the nights where Shea Gilgis-Alexander not even goes nuts, like 35, but just plays well, 22 points or more. And this is for a guy who's averaging right around 22 points per game. They're a 500 team when he hits that number. So keeping him in check, which is easier to do because there's not a whole lot else to focus on with the Thunder. You can really concentrate your defense on slowing down Shea Gilgis-Alexander. If you can hold him under 20 points, you're almost guaranteed a victory when it comes to the Thunder. Oklahoma City has won just three games when Gilgis-Alexander does not not hit 22 points or more. So he's my focal point for this one. I do like Josh Giddy's game. I think he's a talent. I really like Lou Dort. I think he's a very underrated player. I don't know what the Thunder are doing with some of these other guys. I, eventually, you're using these picks. They've got to turn into actual players. You can't just play with lottery picks. But nevertheless, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander, if someone's going to beat the Hornets, and it happened last season, Shea Gilgis-Alexander hit a late second shot in the first matchup between these two teams here at Spectrum Center to win it. If someone's going to do it, that's the guy. So Shea Gilgis-Alexander, my player to watch for the Thunder. They're both certainly talented players, don't get me wrong. So, I mean, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, I think that the Thunder are just going to have to play some sort of perfect game to really get this win. So let's go ahead and take a look at a Hornets player to watch. I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. I'll take the low-hanging fruit coming off that triple-double. He had a really good performance against them in the preseason. I know it's just preseason. He only played 20 minutes, but he ended up with, I think, like 15, 6, and 6 in that span or something like that. I mean, he played really well against the Thunder previously. I know that's something that you always look at in terms of matchups, but I just like the way that LaMelo Ball has that kind of free spirit about him. I think it matches up really well against a young Thunder team that plays probably not as disciplined as they should. They do turn the ball over a lot, obviously, because they are a younger team. So I think LaMelo Ball is going to be in that situation to just kind of thrive and have the creative ability to kind of, I don't want to say do whatever he wants, but he's going to have a lot of options open on the floor compared to 
an older veteran team that you play against like a Boston that we saw on Wednesday, even though he was still able to pick up a triple double. It just seems like a better matchup for LaMelo overall. I'm going to go with Terry Rozier. And part of the reason for doing this is because I, I don't think this game is based around any single player. The regular season in the NBA, it's all about the quality of your talent and the quality of how you're playing in the moment. If your talent is better and your quality of play is better, something has to go drastically wrong to lose the game. The Hornets are playing much better than the Thunder right now. They are the superior team, so all signs point towards the Hornets winning this one if they do just their normal stuff. So I'm going to look to some of the abnormal things that could be accomplished on this night by some of the players. We already talked about LaMelo with the triple-double watch, so I I like that pick there. But for Terry Rozier, he's four three-pointers away from moving into the top four in Hornets history. He's four back of Glenn Rice, the three-time All-Star. All those All-Star appearances happen to come with Charlotte, too, by the way. Terry Rozier's also making a run at an All-Star team right now. I think he's got to get above 20 points per game or the Hornets need to get into a top two or three position for that to really be some kind of reality. I think 20 points per game is more feasible, just given you, you're reliant on less things out there to get to the top three. You're kind of reliant on some big-name teams having losing streaks right now, and there's no signs to indicate that that's going to happen. So I think Terry Rozier, a big game here, might do the trick to help his cause and also help make some history, move him into the top four in Hornets history for career-made threes. 20-plus points in five of his last six games. Terry Rozier, my pick for player to watch. Last but not least, a stat to watch for this one, Rob Longo. Field goal percentage. You ready for this one? Give it to me. The Hornets are 16-2 and this season when opponents shoot below 45%. Boston shot 43% on Wednesday. Oklahoma City's offense Dead is, last in the league is in not good. Percentage. It is, is not great, to put it lightly. So if the Hornets are able to hold them under 45%, lock it in. I like it. I was torn here. I kind of wanted to go fast break points, but I'm just going to go with shot attempts. This is a game where you can't turn the ball over and you can't lose the glass by some gargantuan margin here. The Hornets are the vastly superior shooting team. This is not a Thunder team that's rolling in to Spectrum Center the way that the Orlando Magic did, where they were actually playing well and put together a really good game, but was somewhat consistent with how they had been playing in the previous week. The Thunder, there's no signs to indicate that they're on the cusp of some magical performance. Of course, they're all NBA players, so everyone's always on the cusp of some top-notch shooting performance. So this one is about make sure those field goal attempts are somewhat even. Doesn't even have to be a superior total, just somewhat even. Keep turnovers under wraps. Don't allow the Thunder to have a great day on the glass. If the Hornets are within five on field goal attempts, their shooting percentages should shine through, and the Hornets should have an easy win. Once again, though, we said a lot of the same stuff against Orlando a week ago. Don't and speak that it one, into existence. That one uh, went the other way. So we'll see if the Hornets can pick up a W. It would be their third in a row, seventh win in their last eight tries, and could put them within striking distance of a top six position. We will find out soon enough. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. And in addition to the game, it is, of course, 2311 Racing Crossover Night. Hope you'll join us for that here at Spectrum Center. Rob Longo, thank you as always for joining me here on the HHC. My pleasure. We'll talk later tonight on a broadcast. We certainly will. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, in addition to the game tonight on the Hornets Radio Network or on Bally Sports Southeast, whichever you so choose, you can hear the Hornets Hivecast tomorrow. We'll be breaking down tonight's game against the Thunder. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.